Welcome everybody at another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you're enjoying your day, great. If not, well then let me tell you something, brother. Episode t- three out of four of this four-part series. Going over Hogan Knows Best is finally here. Time to talk about season three. If you have not seen the reviews for season one and two, please go back and watch that when you can. But anyway, so let's crack into this. The second to last season of the series. Next episode, we're going to cover season four when the series finally came to an end. And then after that, I'll try to get to Broken Knows Best. Like you said, I still need that series finale, and then I can do it right. So, season three, first episode called The Big Move. The family is finally moving into their new Miami home, which we saw the second last episode of season two after Brooke finally got a record deal. They're trying to move and everything, and it turns out a big storm's happening while they're trying to move. They can't get their cars in the garage because, oh, there's a shitload of freaking furniture still sitting in here. And they even see hail just pouring down and everything, and Hulk just can't believe it. It's like... What, have they never seen hail before? I mean, they're in Florida, for fuck's sake. And they even find water seeping through the doors, out, like, from the outside going into their room. They're like, sheesh. And then they they keep playing montages where Linda is talking with decorators and other workers about changes that need to be made to the house, including, like, paint jobs. They don't have a proper driveway around one of their gates in order to bring cards in. Hulk even leaves Linda to do the housework. He's trying to go to a different gym because all they're in a new house. He doesn't have an indoor gym anymore, so he has to go on location somewhere else, which he's not happy about. And Brooke and Nick try sneaking out. They want to go to South Beach with a friend. But Brooke is even struggling to parallel park her car, just like we kept seeing like with Nick when he was trying to get his permit. So it's like, yeah, hey, it kind of runs with the family there. Linda, at one point, she's trying to relax, take a bath, de-stress, but everybody's still bugging the crap out of her. Some guy, some guys are barging in while she's taking a bath. It's just like, knock first. Come on. And Linda's just going mad because she's just so stressed out. Everybody's like, needing decisions about this and that, and the rest of the family ain't helping. And eventually, Brooke, I think she goes back to the radio station. Same one she was actually at before, I believe, in season one or two, it was ever whichever one where she was with Jerry, and she's there to promote her hit single about us. And then finally, and when by the end of the episode, Linda is still stressed out, and Hulk decides, "Hey, come out and play in the pool." And she's just like, "All right, I'm not getting out of the pool. Everybody can work later on. I need to relax." So yay, finally. So whole episode about getting the house set up and everything moved. It's like, all right, that works, and leaving the old house. But we'll see that old house later on in Brooke Knows Best. I don't remember if we see it in season four, but they don't get fully get rid of that house as we see later on. Episode two of the season, Hogan's on the high seas. Hulk's 53rd birthday is coming around. The family decides, hey, we got to give a proper present to Hulk. We can't give keep giving him t-shirts and everything. So why don't we go on a family cruise? And Hulk, of course, he's not happy because he's got a fear of being on a boat because you have the whole thing about boats sinking and everything like that, so the hazards. But he's like, eventually he caves in. It's like, all right, I'll do it. He tries relaxing in his chair, getting some tan, getting his tan on. But then fans start bombarding him with freaking autographs and signatures and, or, yeah, signatures, autographs, pictures, all that stuff. Just kind of like what we saw when he tried taking Linda on a date for the romantic getaway episode. And it's just, he's just pissed, and like, and rightfully so. The man's just trying to sit there and relax. And eventually that stuff dies down, everybody minds their business. Family decides they want to go dancing after dinner, but Nick decides, hey, I'm going to go hang out with this girl who I'm macking on. Nick is traveling through the boat, having fun, jumping in the waters, and he eventually goes into an optional tops area of the boat, which the only person that was topless was an old geezer. They fuck they said no bring in video cameras because I, I nobody wants to see that. Even censored, alright? 
I still get freaking nightmares of when Mae Young did that shit back in 2000. Then also the family decides, hey, we're going to take part in this family activity called the Not-So-Newlywed Game, where you've got a newlywed group, you've got a uh, married, married couple that's been married for a little while, and then one elderly married couple to see who's most compatible. I mean, I think they did that same kind of thing with uh, on an episode of Full House when Joey was doing that whole game show thing, kind of like that same premise, except instead of a newlywed couple, you had Steve and DJ who were just dating still, so kind of that same premise, they're having fun and all that stuff, and we even learned because of Linda that herself and Hulk, Whoopi has never been the same with them since they did it on an airplane. For real? I'm surprised Hulk can even fit in a freaking bathroom that small. But anyway, they Nick is even talking with Hulk on the gym, like, and Nick finally getting girls and everything, Hulk gives a steal approval, like, hey, Keep going, brother. But of course, you gotta be careful getting an STD, dumb shit. And eventually, like, the ship also stops off to a bit of a destination. They start hanging out with, like, dolphins and everything. Everybody's having fun, swimming in the water. And they eventually get it back on the ship, and they have a big dinner going on. But they also have a special show done in tribute to Hulk for his birthday, being hosted by Nick and Brooke, which Hulk says, like, after that's all done, he's like, hey, this is the best birthday ever. So it's like, hey... He went from being skeptical about getting on the boat to having a good time. What else can you do? Uh, episode 3, Brooke faces the music. This is a bit of a turbulent time for Brooke because she's trying to work on a new single, but her team's not fully approving, like, saying that she's lacking in her whole performance. They're in the studio, so they decide they need to be strict on her, saying that she needs to work on her vocal exercises, getting some rest, and she'll be having days where she won't talk at all, which she is not happy about because... I mean, you, people have got to talk unless they're mute and they're perfect with being able to communicate with other people. But it's like, it's Brooke. She's got to use her voice. And she's even disappointed at one point where she has to give up hanging out with her friends at the beach because she's got to work. And like and this is whole thing is just bringing up her exhaustion and all that stuff. And there's one day where Nick is instigating Brooke. She's having a day where she needs to rest her voice and he's just constantly getting on her nerves. I mean, we see that so many times. She's eventually working on a new single, and it gets far more approval now by her team because, again, she's working on resting, vocal, like, for her body, resting her voice, vocal exercises, everything, even though she's getting, like, exhausted and everything because it's just nonstop work, 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 and there's no time, again, like, for herself, like we saw back in season two when she was breaking down in front of the family when they got her a case from the family vacation. And soon, like, Hulk gets talked to about... Brooke's image for marketing purposes, which we'll eventually get into a bit, just a little bit later. And Brooke even gets news when she wakes up one morning by Hulk saying that her song about us broke my broke records on MySpace with 1.4 million downloads. I don't know that many people were even on MySpace at that point. And eventually Brooke goes through photo shoots, which Hulk keeps disapproving of, but they're trying to do it for marketing purposes for her album and all that stuff and i believe that's where they even have the whole thing of her hanging out with some models like who's gonna join her in some of the photo shoots and one of them we'll see again just a little bit later so brooke is like just going through struggles and everything not resting i mean it's another episode dedicated to brooke's music career it's whatever uh episode four Kosher Mania. Now, this is a subject I know they don't bring up on television all that often. Like, the only other time I recall the word kosher being brought up, I know was on a bit of an episode of Seinfeld when Elaine couldn't get a proper meal because she was in the bathroom at the time, and her only option was the kosher meal. And this whole premise of this episode was 
Linda is trying to walk her dogs, but they keep wandering away, and she fears that she's pissing off the freaking neighbors and everything, because they pissed off the last ones because of the dogs, and she's worried, oh, we need to leave a good impression on them, so she wants to give cookies to her neighbors. But most of them keep rejecting the cookie cause, cookies because they're Jewish and they live a kosher lifestyle, so they cannot accept it. The family's like, what is kosher? What is kosher? Like, they don't understand it. So, Linda decides, okay, we need to really be on good terms with, the, with our neighbors, so we're going to have a party. But they still got to figure out how to prepare food for the kosher lifestyle. So, Hulk and Nick try going shopping. They're still not aware of what kosher lifestyle is until they finally go to a proper store, and they're finally educated about what kosher is. But then, like, there's still some issues, like, with Hulk not having the proper grill. He's mixing kosher food with some non-kosher food. They're trying to get educated about the Jewish lifestyle regarding all this. And Linda, or Hulk, Brooke even tries to shake hands with the rabbi. He's like, oh, no touch. She's like, huh? Until they finally meet some other Jewish guy. He's like, yeah, it's part of, like, the Jewish lifestyle. Don't touch a woman that's not your wife. It's like, hey, here's how you do a kosher hug. And it almost looks like what you do with social distancing with hugging somebody. It's just like, it looks so weird. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's whatever. So they have the party, things go well, whatever. Episode 5, Brooke's Dating Game. Everybody notices Brooke is lonely. So Nick, Linda, and Hulk decide, hey, why don't we try setting her up with our own choices of guys to see who she wants to go out with to kind of make her happy, especially after the beginning of the episode saw Linda and Brooke trying to just go out for lunch and freaking Linda constantly commenting about every guy that passes by, which is embarrassing Brooke the whole time. So, all three of them try scouting out guys. Hulk's going to the gym, and the whole time he's judging every guy that he sees and guessing their sexuality. It's like, come on, Hulk, you're at a gym. Why are you worried about that? Nick goes to a jet ski store and comes across a guy named Hunter, who's also in the cars, and Linda tries calling up a friend, we'll bring up in just a moment, that I just mentioned a little bit ago. So Nick brings his new friend Hunter over, Brooke is not interested because the guy's shorter than her and he's clearly lacking a personality despite being the same age. But it's like, that's that's just a weird thing even I still keep seeing on those dating services. Women are judgmental of a guy based on his height. It's like, come on, we can't do anything about it. Come on, what did she expect? Hulk ends up going back to the gym and he comes across D.H. Smith. Yes, Harry Smith, Davy Boy, or British Bulldog Jr., Davy Boy Smith Jr., Thinking that, oh, this would be a good guy. And freaking Brooke completely forgets that she's ever known him. Nick's meeting him for the first time. Linda sees him again. They're like, yay. And freaking Smith is just showing off his muscles and everything. And he's like, oh, here are my calves. Here are my biceps. I'm trying to dance my pecs. Brooke's like, yeah, he's nice. But the physique is just too big for her. So too bulky and everything. So then finally, Linda brings in her guy. And who does she bring? The same model that was chosen for her photo shoot. Yes, the exact same one that took off a shirt and you could see in the background of that photo shoot from just a few episodes prior. So they decided to go out on a date, they go out to eat, they hang out on the beach, and Brooke actually ends up liking this guy and they actually go on another date, even though that's off episode. So Linda chose the right guy. Nick chose a guy with no personality and Hulk chose a wrestler, which was not the best idea. I mean, really, what do like what kind of chemistry would D.H. Smith and freaking Brooke have in common. Come on. Uh, episode 6. This was a good one. Super fan. So, the family has to go through VHS tapes for this contest about the big, best freaking Hulk Hogan fan, and the winner gets to spend time with the family. So, they come across a guy named Kyle, 
who at his wedding himself and his bride be end up actually doing the whole cup to the ear thing that Hulk does when entering the building everything he showed off his memorabilia and it's like yep you win the contest so Kyle comes over gets a tour of the house gets one of Hulk's knee braces as a souvenir and it's like okay what do you want to do so it's like his wishes are to see some matches with Hulk drink beers together and kind of pick his brain and Hulk even recorded one of the voicemail messages to play on his phone everything so it's like that's a big plus they all go out to dinner with him they have some fun everything like that and the guy even comes back with the freaking DVD collection to watch the Hulk, including the match he had with Andre at Shea Stadium. It's like, Jesus! Uh, then later on, Linda's doing laundry, and she even shows off Hulk's lucky red flying underwear, which we'll also get to in a future episode of the this season, saying that that's the lucky underwear that Hulk wore when he survived two plane crashes, so kind of one of those uh, superstitious type of things. Kyle even, even sees Hulk's belt that he wore back last scene back in 1988 right before it got replaced by the Wing Eagle belt. So it was like he came across some important memorabilia and showed how much he pays attention to Hulk. Then after this, the superfan meets Al Green. Yes, the very same guy who wore a mask that you probably guys probably saw from Wrestling With Regret about the WXO. My name is Al Green. Doesn't matter if you're some karate. And there at the house, they drink some... Big glass of egg yolks before they all joy take Nick with them, go for a workout, which pushes the super fan so hard that he vomits repeatedly outside of the building all the egg yolks up. Everybody's laughing. He's like, hey, that's my eggs, brother. So then the guy finally calms down and they decide to come back to the gym and start taking some wrestling bumps and everything and learning some basic wrestling stuff within a ring that Hulk rented out. Kind of cool thing. And then finally, after all that, Kyle closes off by getting a Hogamania tattoo that says Team Hogan on his arm. Got it. Hulk filled it in with yellow with yellow ink. And the guy gets surprised by his wife being there, who also sees the tattoo and everything before they finally leave. And Hulk's glad. Like, hey, you made a wrestling fan's dream come true. You made an impact to somebody's life. So, hey, good job there. Uh, episode 7. Que vas a hacer, hermano? Which is Spanish for what you gonna do, brother? Where at the beginning, Nick and Brooke are trying to get some food at a gas station and trying to get directions home and everything. But the problem is, with since they live in Miami and it's primarily a Hispanic type of community there, everything's in Spanish and they don't know what the fuck's going on. So after Linda finds that out, they decide, hey, we got to learn how to speak Spanish in order to adapt properly to this community. Hulk even struggles when he's at Subway to order a sandwich because the employee's speaking Spanish. He tries going to GNC for pills and everything. But again, the employee there is also speaking Spanish, which is driving him nuts. So he's trying to take his pills that he needs and some sex stuff, which even to buy his cream that's supposed to like increase your intensity that he's, Hulk's supposed to put on his crotch, but Linda puts it on his her freaking forehead. Nick is just like, warning, applying wiener cream to your forehead may cause your head to explode. And Linda's like, oh, it burns. How do you put it down there? Like, why are you even touching that shit to begin with? And the instructions are in Spanish anyway. So they hire an instructor. They're learning Spanish. Linda wants to communicate with her employees that are fixing the house. Hope just wants to learn it to communicate with the locals, which is a perfectly legit reason. And they're asking like, oh, how do you say this? How do you say that? And Nick is like, I want to learn how you say I've got a disco ball in my mouth because of his grill. Hope wants to know, is like, where's the gym? And Linda wants to learn any phrase that she can figure out of how to tell Hulk that she's not in the mood. So it's like, she's just repeating all that shit. Uh, they eventually go out, they take some lessons again. They try going out in public to try to adapt with 
their newfound language. They try going shopping at a Cuban store for fun. They observe people playing dominoes and even order some food at a little outdoor Mexican restaurant. And Nick even tries ordering sandwiches over the phone in Spanish, which I did not understand what the fuck he was trying to do until he admitted later on to the instructor, like, oh, I tried ordering sandwiches, because, like, they didn't have a translator for the woman on the phone or anything like that. And so the instructor then suggests, why don't you guys have dinner where tonight at home where all you do is speak Spanish in order to get used to it. Hulk says he wants two plates of chicken, a.k.a. pollo with an unsavesa, a.k.a. a beer, but then they're even wearing Spanish for saying the chicken smells like ass. And it turns out the chicken's not even fully cooked. And it's like, uh-oh. And Brooke is even saying the food tastes like shit. And of course, they didn't even censor Brooke when she said that, even though the freaking subtitles on there that they put in for editing had the word shit censored. But her speaking Spanish, they're like, no, just just leave it in there. So, I mean, hey, that, they, were, they actually had some entertainment value in there, just trying to adapt and all that. Episode 8. Brooke bears all. So Brooke is promoting an upcoming show of hers for some kind of festival and everything. And during rehearsals, Linda is just constantly getting on her ass and, like, critiquing her and just interjecting every input that she can and being like, hey, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you're not doing enough this. Be careful of your vocal levels while you're dancing and all that. And Brooke is just getting exhausted. I mean, the concert goes off without a hitch, but she's just tired of her family just getting on her case about every little thing she's doing. I mean, you gotta remember, Brooke's more the professional. She knows what she's doing better than this. So then, after this, Brooke gets a phone call from her publicist that she's being offered a front cover and even some parts inside of an FHM magazine for, like, a photo shoot and even interview slash Q&A, which Hulk is not happy about because, like, of what can be done because there can be some risque stuff on there. But this all happens while Hulk is away. He's, like, I, saying that he's got to go wrestle and everything. So this has got to be in preparation for the match in 2006 against, I think, Randy Orton? That's the only thing I can think about. Uh, then eventually he comes back after the photo shoot's finally done. Lynn, or freaking Brooke does all the swimsuits and everything. And then after Hulk sees some pictures on his phone of the, photos of the, the swimsuits, he's just like, oh no, this doesn't work for me, brother. Finally, the magazines come out in November. So there's a few month gap there. But we'll get to the few-month gap stuff later on in another episode because there's going to be continuity issues like we saw in Season 2. Finally, Hulk gets the call from Bubba Love Sponge for himself and Nick saying, hey, the magazines are out, so they go to as many places as they can and buy every issue of the magazine just to make sure nobody else sees it. They bring magazines home, they're like, yay, we got the magazines! And then Hulk finally gets some approval of all that and even reading some of the Q&A interviews and all that. So it's like, yeah, Hulk approves now because he doesn't want the neighbors seeing it. That's why they bought every magazine they could. And Hulk even tries to say, I'm the police, I need these magazines. Yeah, you need every single magazine possible. Who knows how much they had to spend for all those magazines. Episode 9, Nick in the driver's seat. So, this one Nick is hanging out at a car show in hopes of getting into drifting as a new hobby, but Hulk is skeptical because once again, Nick has got his sights set on something. He feels that Nick's just going to change his mind again like he did with wrestling and acting beforehand. But Nick is like, no, I really want to do this and want to get into drifting. I mean, it seems like it would be the right thing because he's all about cars and everything. So Hulk takes Nick to a driving school in order to prepare for him for it. And plus, Nick's got to get a certain license in order to do professional drifting. So he looks to get a drifting car on his own. Hulk has to hook him up with help and everything like that. He's getting praised by his instructors for all the work that he's doing. And then Nick tries taking part in practice for a drift qualifier. But during practice, he ends up getting impacted with the wall. Sorry, he impacts the wall with the front 
the front passenger side of the car. So they have to hurry up and take her to repairs. But the problem is they have like a few hour freaking uh, window there between the time they're, they're trying to fix a car and by the time the drift qualifier happens. So they have to borrow a freaking car from the dealership to get a part to put it on this car in order to get it repaired in time to hurry up, get there. They get that stuff done in time and Nick finally does run. But the problem is he hits a wall again, even harder. And the family's just freaking out. They're like, oh God, he hit the wall hard. Is he okay? Thankfully he's all right. But he tells the crew, get off me. I got to finish this whole thing. So he continues doing the race or drifting everything. But he doesn't qualify for the whole drifting competition in order to get his license like he wanted. I mean, he did well, but he's just disappointed himself because he like he had his sights set on this. And he just didn't qualify like he wanted. So it's whatever. Episode 10. Here we go. Knobs invades. First time we are seeing Nob since the first episode of this season. Decides to come down, finally see the house, spend some time there and everything with the family and everything. Like I said, it's the first time he's been seen in nine episodes. So Nobbs gets down there, he gets a house tour, but he's describing everything as awesome. Like, big whoop. And they even set up a bed for Nobbs, and Nick decides to get some, have some fun by rubbing his ass all over Nobbs' pillows. Like, Jesus. And Nobbs even goes to the bathroom later on, taking a shit. And before he can even finish flushing or anything, he's like, Linda, I need toilet paper. And Linda goes in there, she smells and sprays it. It's like, Linda, you went there before he's even finished with his business. He was just looking for toilet paper. Then you're spraying saying, hey, keep the air freshener with you at all times because you stink. Then the next morning, Hulk's still asleep and everything, but Linda's up and Hulk and Nobbs decide, hey, I'm going to wake up Hulk. And he freaking jumps on him and pisses off Hulk in the morning. So then they decide to go to a liquor store. And they buy as much alcohol as they can to the point where it fills up the refrigerator with Miller Lite. <laughs> oh, God. And afterwards, they decide to have some fun. They hang out in the pool, drink a beer and everything. And they even attend a Marlins game with Nick, which Linda ain't now so also happy about. Eventually, Linda comes to Nobbs' room to observe it and sees how much of a mess it is. She ain't happy. And later on that night after dinner, Nobbs wants to go watch a movie, but everybody else is like, no, we're going to bed, motherfucker. So Nobbs is just pissing everybody off. And Linda's talking to him and everything. Hulk decides, I want to get revenge on Nobbs. So Nobbs won't wake up yet. And then Hulk drops an elbow on him to wake him up. So that works. And lets Nobbs know, hey, you got to line up on the antics. Just ease up already. So Nobbs decides, hey, why don't I help, around, help out around here? So he tries helping make him breakfast. He gives Coco a bath. Nick, he tells Nick, hey, can you give me a couple towels to help dry off Coco? But in, despite the fact that Nobbs is all wet and Nick is just like, oh, we don't have any towels. So then Nobbs gets his revenge because Hulk or Nick is hanging out with a bunch of girls and some of his friends. Nobbs gets on not gets on Nick and gets him all wet and everything. It's like, yeah, that's not that's what happens when you don't help me, motherfucker. The knobs also decide, hey, I'll also help with laundry. So he throws all the whites in the dryer, but he also throws a white red shirt in there. And then the of course the freaking clothes come out pink. And Hulk even freaking smashes Brian Nobbs in the back with a chair. Later on when Nobbs and I noticed that when Nobbs and Hulk were talking together, Nobbs had an XWF shirt. Like wearing on. And it's just like that's surprised they even have memorabilia. And Nobbs decides, hey, why don't we just throw a party for a bunch of the guys that are down here? So they end up getting Greg Valentine, Jim Duggan, Haku, Brutus Beefcake, Al Green, B. Brian Blair, Jerry Sags, and Pat, uh, not so fat or not too much fat or whatever his nickname was, Pat Catigno. I've never heard of this guy before. He's just the one name out of all of them that I haven't heard before. They're having a great time hanging out the, with drinking beer and hanging out the pool. Linda finally comes home with Brooke, and the guys say, hey, let's party with them and bring, drag the girls into the friggin' pool, too. So, 
Hey, at least they had smiles going on for the end of the episode. Uh, let's see. Second to last episode, Hulkamania Forever, episode 11. Hulk finally arrives backstage for Monday Night Raw with Jimmy Hart. Meeting, we see Umaga there. He even talks about his red flying underwear from the Superfan episodes about the luck. But then this is the part where continuity and things get out of place. So they show Hulk getting involved on Raw and with Randy Orton with the fake freaking Hulk Hogan imposter. But the problem is that happened on August 14th, 2006. Okay, so that happens, and they even splice in some fan footage from what clearly happened at Saturday Night's main event, because you can see the WWE logo from the bottom left corner of the screen to the top right corner. They only put in the top right corner for when they did Saturday Night's main event, because in the bottom left corner, when they aired Saturday Night's main event, that's where the NBC logo is, so they had to replace it and everything. But that'll, but that's not going to be the end of it in a bit. Afterwards, Hogan finally gets to the back, and Vince calls him in for a meeting, saying that he's not happy with Hulk doing this part-time appearances and stealing the spotlight and then going home again. He wants a better commitment from Hulk in terms of appearances and a contract. So then after this, Hulk gets a call from Vince saying, hey, want you in Dallas for Saturday night's main event. And hey, since you need help with Brooke, we'll promote her music video for the song about us. But the problem is this Saturday night's main event segment, this was in Ju mid-July. So again, this is out of order. First they show Hulk... Having the segment, like the run-in on Randy Orton, which was mid-August, and then all of a sudden Hulk gets a call on the phone for Saturday Night's main event when that whole thing was in mid-July. I mean, we saw this continuity error, like I said before, with freaking SummerSlam 2005 and the anniversary and all that shit. It's just like, get some consistency there, please. Uh, then, like, but they had the whole segment. They didn't even show the part where Randy Orton gave Brooke a flout, gave Brooke a rose in the ring. But then Vince eventually passes by Brooke and Hulk in a room and praises them, saying, Oh, yeah, that was tremendous, and walks away. So then Hulk eventually is at home and he gets a fax of a 20 year deal from Vince. And Hulk is considering the deal because he's the only one in the house making money, but everybody else is skeptical, like, that's a long commitment. We don't want you possibly getting in the ring again. So Hulk's like, yeah, I gotta have a meeting with Vince about this. So he goes to WWE headquarters. He talks to Vince about the deal. Reveals that the deal for 20 years is justified because they invested so much time and money and everything in Hulkamania over the years. But Hulk, he's more concerned about his schedule because he wants to spend as much time as he can with the kids because they're still at home. They're still young. So they're trying to figure out that whole deal. But Vince even said that even after Hulk passes, he wants to make sure that the family can still financially profit off the Hogan name to make sure they're taken care of. So they had not signed a deal by the end of the episode. And plus, it's clear that the deal never got signed because a few years later, Hulk's in TNA. And I think they had some kind of falling out that happened the following year in 2007. So clearly nothing got signed. So, I mean, fun episode. But again, there's continuity errors with what they freaking aired in the episode for dates. I mean, like I just said, the whole thing with the fake Hogan, that was in mid-August, and then they aired the Saturday Night's main event stuff, which was a month prior. Get it in order. Anyway, season finale, episode 12, The Canine Mutiny. So, the whole theme is that there are issues with the dogs ever since the move, which is going to be the whole theme. But at the beginning, like, they're, Brooke and Linda are riding in a limo, and the dog, one of the dogs shed in the limo, so they try airing out the limo. I think they possibly throw the dog shit out, who knows. And they get sprayed by a passerby who's watering their front yard, and freaking Brooke and Linda get out of the limo, and they're like, hey, what the fuck? So they confront the guy, and 
all of a sudden, somehow, at that same time, a police off, police car comes through, and they're like, oh, yeah, this guy sprayed us, which is bullshit, and eventually the cop confronts them and everything. It's like, woohoo, whatever. So then we actually get a bit of a montage after that about the chaos that the dogs are causing, because it seems like things haven't been the same since the move. Like, the dogs are pissing places, shitting places, messing with furniture. They don't want to go for a walk outside. They won't eat. They're just like, what's going on? So... And also, they also show that they, in the meantime, they lose one of their frogs. Because I think ammonia got built up in the frog bowl. So, they lose one of the frogs there on the episode. So, when, but after that, Linda's like, what do we do about these dogs? What, how can we get them to obey? So, they decide to do a few different things. First, they decide to sign up the dogs for a yoga class, which Linda was not on board with. She feels just not worth the time because the dogs are still hard to handle despite that because they're running through the building. After that, she talks to her masseuse and is like, yeah, something's not right. It seems like the dogs aren't the same since the move. So then her masseuse decides, hey, maybe they're stressed because of the move. So why don't you get them a masseuse? So they get a masseuse to calm them down. It seems to be working. And like eventually Linda's talking to Hulk afterwards. And Hulk's like, this is getting stupid. And then one of the birds actually bites Hulk on the nose and draws blood. It's like, well... At least you didn't have to blade yourself. And after this, they decide, hey, we're going to call an animal psychic to read the energy of the dogs. And this woman's just talking like, oh, I'm talking on behalf of the spirit of your dogs because they can't speak English. And Nick's not buying. He's like, yeah, this is bullshit. And of course, I'm watching this like, yeah, of course it's bullshit. This woman is just making up shit just to freaking get your money. And eventually, after all that, finally the dogs calm down. Everything seems fine. So, hey, it just seems like the dogs were just stressed out and disobedient because they have to adapt to a new home. But anyway, that's all of season three. Twelve episodes there. In terms of all the episodes, to give a quick rundown in terms of my overall feelings on this, uh, this is a bit of an iffy season. I mean, the first episode I kind of liked. They're adapting to a new home, moving in, everything. It's all right. Hogan's on the high seas on the cruise ship was really fun for an episode. Brooke faced the music. I honestly didn't care for it. It's just like another episode about Brooke's music career and her being stressed and performance issues. Kosher Mania, I didn't even have much notes in terms of this episode because it's just a whatever episode trying to figure out what kosher means and adapting. Hulk saying like, oh, I know what kosher means. It's a pickle. I mean, they're kosher pickles. So uh, the dating game episode, it's whatever. They're trying to get a guy with Brooke and all that. Super fan episode, that was probably the most heartwarming because they're making a diehard Hulk, Hulk fan dream come true, hanging out with Hulk. The, the Spanish episode, that was pretty entertaining and everything for the stuff they tried pulling. Uh, Brooke Bears all, didn't care. Photo shoots are just boring or whatever to me. Uh, Nixon's driver's seat, it was a fine episode. Nick trying to get his license and getting into drifting, it's whatever. Nobs episode, this was probably very entertaining even though Nobs can be a pain in the ass. Uh, Hulkamania Forever episode is just about a whole thing about Hulk trying to commit more to WWE. But again, there's that continuity part I mentioned before. And then the K-9 episode, I'd probably say it was my least favorite episode outside of the music stuff with Brooke because it's just like, this is just a filler episode. It's like, oh, the dogs aren't behaving. What do we do? It's whatever. So anyway, let me know what you all thought in the comment section below. What did you guys think about season three of Hogan Knows Best for those who have seen it? I mean, it's a fine season, but we still got one more to go for the final season of Hogan Knows Best next time. And after that, like I said, I'll try doing Brooke Knows Best. I just need to see Yuri's finale. So anyway, let me know you guys down in the comment section below if you enjoyed this episode. Leave a like, comment below what you thought, subscribe with the bell turned on if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this on any other service. 
and I'll catch you all in the next one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.